Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Ashley, how you doing today? I'm good, girl, because I'm talking to you. How are you? I am excited for this recap. We are recapping Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella. I'm so excited. This film came out November 2nd, 1997. Okay, it is obviously obviously PG. It is a fantasy slash musical. And it's about an hour and 36 minutes. So here's a quick summary. Cinderella, Brandy, chafes under the cruelty of her wicked stepmother, Bernadette Peters, and her evil stepsister, Calliope, in Minerva, until her fairy godmother, Whitney Houston, changed her life for one unforgettable night. At the ball, she falls for handsome Prince Christopher and his parents, Maximilian and Queen Constantina, are anxious for him to find a suitable paramour. This film stars Brandy Norwood as Cinderella, the Broadway legend Bernadette Peters as stepmother, Vianne Cox as Calliope, Natalie DeSalle Reed as Minerva, R.I.P. Apollo Montaban as Prince Christopher, Jason Alexander as Lionel, Whoopi Goldberg as Queen Constantina, Victor Gerber as King Maximilian, and Whitney Houston as Fairy Godmother. It's fun to note the people behind the scenes. Robert Alscove as the director, who also directed our, kind of like our recap last week, She's All That, (laughs) the original. The original. We have notable Rob Marshall was the choreographer. And I bring him up because he has since gone on to be a big deal in musical films, i.e. Chicago, and the highly anticipated Little Mermaid starring Callie. <laughs> I was wondering if he was any relation to Gary Marshall, but I didn't look it up. So I was just curious, yeah. that Marshall name oh. in Hollywood. I know, it's very strong, very mm-hmm. strong. We have Deborah Martin Chase, Black Girl Magic yep, yep. <laughs> pro- producer. She was a producing partner Whitney Houston for multiple films, including Preacher's Wife. Preacher's Wife. Well, actually, she was a producer with Denzel for Preacher's Wife. But with Whitney, she did Princess Diaries and The Cheetah Girls. I love the fact that Whitney Houston did The Princess Diaries. Every time I watch that, I'm like, you just brought every princess. You just brought every princess to life for me. (laughs) So, so true. Legendary producers Craig Zadden and Niran. RIP to Craig because he's passed away in 2018. But they have produced so many musicals as well. Uh, one of the last ones was Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, wow. Um, that was, mm-hmm. and then Whitney Houston was an executive producer for this film. And I also want to highlight Robert Freeman as the screenwriter and Ellen Morozhnik as the costume designer. And it's worth mentioning that she not only did this legendary film, she did. Bridgerton. Of course she did. <laughs> as well as the latest Cinderella 2021 with Camila Cabello. So all right. That lady be working. All right. So here are some ratings. Rotten Tomato gave this film 86% by critics, 74% audience score, and Google users gave this film 87%. I like to highlight for Rotten Tomatoes, those scores for critics, especially the number of critics are very low and they are recent. (laughs) Interesting. I mean, 
the last couple of years. So we're not necessarily talking about what the critics had to say about this film over 20 years ago. So with that being said, Ashley, what's your score? I give this an A, of course. Could have gotten no other grade (laughs) from me, right? It's the nostalgia. It's the brandy. It's the Whitney Houston. It's the the first black Cinderella. It's the Mm -hmm. uh, colorblind casting. Pure joy. I have nothing else to say, Delora. It's an A. What about you? It gets an A plus, 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 plus. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. it is so ingrained into my childhood it was such a monumental moment in my household and it's been nothing but positive for me ever since and like even the joy that I have introducing this to my my little girl you know yes like her Cinderella has box braids like that is something that is so epic and I can't even accurately articulate so with that being said spoiler alert Kind of. I mean, if you haven't seen this, no, we're just kidding. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, oh my gosh. So, actually, I broke. Recap Nation has seen this, Delora. Recap Nation has seen it. (laughs) Yes, they have, actually. So, for this recap, actually, I have broken this up. I have broken this into different segments. So I'm going to talk about the overall story along with the music, casting, production, and then overall reception and legacy. So for the overall story, this is a traditional Cinderella story, kind of. So we have Cinderella who's orphaned, who's under the care of her evil stepmother and evil stepsisters. The thing about this Cinderella that stood out to me when I was a kid was this is the first time I saw the prince being in, you know, in disguise as a commodore roaming the streets and meeting Cinderella before the big ball. Had had you seen anything like that prior to this, this film? I don't think so, because I think before this, the only Cinderella I had really seen was probably the animated version. You know, mm-hmm, I didn't the 1950. see. Yeah, I didn't see the like stage plays and the Julie Andrews version and some of the other ones that I read about. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it probably was. But I liked that, too, because I was like, How, does nobody know what the prince looks like? Like he just go out here yeah. and be incog- incognito. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't never seen this man. He ain't never waved from the balcony. Okay. <laughs> like ever, but you know, those castles were big and far away. So you never know, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, you know, they're a little be cute. They hit it off. So loved it. They sure did. This particular musical stood out for me as a kid also because like you, the only version I had seen prior was the 1950 Disney animated version. And I didn't quite understand that Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella meant something completely different, i.e. music. Right. (laughs) Um, Because the original Disney version is a musical as well, but I had never heard the sweetest sound before. In my research for this particular recap, I had no idea that this song, along with another song I'll mention later, was not even in the original musical. This actually came from the No Strings musical from 1962. They thought it would be a good idea to incorporate it as a way, I guess they call it the wanting song for the film or this particular story. We then have, again, the traditional announcement to the townspeople that the prince is having a ball. (laughs) This, by far, is actually one of my favorite numbers. They said it was the most difficult to shoot as well. So it was well worth it. (laughs) And so one of the things I wanted to highlight is that Jason Alexander, at this moment in time in 1997, I even knew this, he was highly popular on the NBC sitcom Seinfeld. And seeing him sing and dance was such a so new to me like I was like oh actors could do more than one thing Mm. like my little self was thinking that you know what I mean yeah and he said he wanted to be nothing like George Costanza right I need this to be so not that yes he did not want to be typecast and I don't blame him I mean but come on now that Seinfeld has been a good check for him Uh, for (laughs) many years you think many years 
All right, Ashley. But Julia uh, Louis-Dreyfus, though, she's been able to reinvent herself a couple of times. So I get it. The most successful out of that cast by far. Isn't she the most Emmy-winning yes. TV actress? Yes. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know what's fascinating about her? It's just we're going down this little caveat. <laughs> she comes from a very wealthy family. I've so, heard that. I've heard so that. So it's not like she needs any of this. No. <laughs> but the roles, the role she's taken and the things she's done, like I'm a big, I was a big Veep watcher. Like I still rewatch Veep all the time. I mean, I just, yeah. it's her, it's her sense of humor that just it, I, I connect with. And then the new, the new Adventures of Old Christine, I still watch that ish too. Like I, I'm, I'm legit a fan. I like everybody. I'm legit a fan. So I even enjoy her on um, her little cameos when she's been on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So yeah, I mess with Julia. Do you think, girl? Very nice. With the traditional Cinderella story, we have the quintessential Cinderella song in my own little corner. My favorite. Was, I was going to ask, actually, what was your favorite song in this musical? That's my favorite. <laughs> I think we talked about this on a previous podcast and I don't know what it is about that song it may be like the longing and whimsy of it it could be the dreaminess of it and the fact that she's you know kind of imagining a different life but you know I just it, it still touches me every time I've rewatched it I love that song not that all this first of all all the songs are great let me be clear about that on They're, this in this film they all make they sense bona fide bops okay yeah. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> it's Jordan Dead Dreaded, damn it. Delore, you can't be bringing this, busting this song out every podcast now. We moving on. We done with he's all that. We moving on. But no, that probably is my favorite of these. But Impossible, I love too, because who doesn't want a duet between, you know, powerhouses? So The voice. Who the doesn't voice. want it? Loved it. It's- one of the things I loved about this musical was, you know, Brandy was is such a star, but at I think I was like 11 years old, she was that girl, right? She was starring in Moesha, and um, everybody knew about her love for Whitney Houston. So mm-hmm. to your point, when they sang Impossible, it was just, it was so epic. It was, yes. it, I just, I don't know if, what could match that level of epicness today today um that you have like a young talent Mm -hmm. and like a legendary talent yes uh that's hard for me because things of our childhood always hit you on a different level of nostalgia like I know that there are Mm -hmm. great artists today but there's nobody that I probably hold in the same regard as I held Whitney Houston and held Brandy in terms of talent at that time. Cause girl, me and my brother met Ray J uh, at a Brandy concert before this happened at, it was, was it, it was not, not very farm in in California was where we were. So we still had this little picture of me, my brother and Ray J (laughs) from that time. So, you know, I felt like I knew Brandy uh, vicariously, you know what I mean? So I had skin in the game. Not I hit it first, Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> this was this is before Ray J was Ray J, y'all. Well, he was still innocent, possibly out in these streets. Okay, but yeah. So you know, I had so much love for for these women that I don't know. I can't give you a good comparison. You have one in mind of today? I honestly, I don't think I do, just because there isn't anyone that's up and coming that's that can actually sing and not necessarily dance because they weren't dancers but like a young young thing obviously Beyonce would be the the, the legend. legend and that's the right? only person I was thinking of for legend but I was like what is that her and Chloe uh yeah I was gonna say Chloe but see Chloe still has a lot to prove that Brandy did yeah. not have she wasn't Brandy. Yeah, she wasn't yes. at Brandy's level. You know, Brandy had was making hits sitting up in my room. Okay. I mean, six time platinum, her first album, and she wasn't even 16 years old, I don't think. So and she was <laughs> such a trendsetter with the braids and just it was yeah. ushering in a new era. Like it was so much with Brandy, which I'm gonna get to at the end of this because y'all didn't put more respect on Brandy's name. But um Period, yeah, yeah. Period. yeah, y'all be forgetting, y'all be forgetting, but yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you Beyonce, but if we have some younger artists, you know, then good for you if y'all can make me feel what these two ladies made me feel back in the day. And honestly, I, I 
I'm searching both black and white artists, like someone young, up and coming, and I'm I'm coming up short right now. So I'm sorry, white is a total miss for me because I just can't I can't think of absolutely nobody. But, but I was coming up short, so I was like, well, at least is there a like a young girl that's talented or and it's nothing. You we know who, a better pipeline, girl. You know who, pipeline. you know who I feel like some people would say is like Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo or something like that, and I'd be like, see stay out in conversation no, because no, that makes no sense to me but i'm no. saying i'm telling you that's what some people would say because you have olivia Rodrigo who like idolizes taylor swift taylor. so it's like you know, you know the up-and-comer and the og yeah. but no 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 olivia needs to work on being a little bit more original because she got caught up having to play we think that we think that both taylor and my band paramount so not just your band <laughs> not just your band not just for that lead, that lead vocalist. I've told you, she gets me every time. Haley can blow. She gets me every time. Sure can. All right. So after In My Own Little Quarter, we have Falling in Love with Love, which again, was not a part of the original musical. So I'll go ahead and incorporate some of the things that I learned about the production. So at this point, we're talking in the 1950s <laughs> NBC wanted to do a, a movie musical Peter Pan had been successful and so they brought Broadway legends Roger and Hammerstein to come together to create uh, a musical around the Cinderella story so uh, to what you were saying previously Ashley the great Julie Andrews played the legendary first Cinderella where the viewership garner what they say 107 million viewers that's when people only had two stations to watch to be fair and i said nbc well it ultimately musical ultimately had to switch homes and was aired on cbs Mm -hmm. so it's it's just fascinating to uh hear about that because This iteration of Cinderella is the third time on network television. So the second time starred, her name is Lindsay Ann Warren. That was in 1967. And to your point also, Ashley, Brandy being the first African-American Cinderella in a traditional sense, because in 1978, there was a Black version called Cindy. Did you? Ever hear about Cindy? I did not. I did not. So that's that's the wizard, the whiz to the Wizard of Oz. Yes, ma'am. And it's it's knocking on black exploitation. Oh, okay. (laughs) So Ashley and I were talking before the podcast, and I told her I got into a YouTube rabbit hole. That that's what I was watching. It was a train wreck, though there were a lot of legendary Black actors in that film. It wasn't. It's not on the level that we hold this version of Cinderella. <laughs> we didn't even remember until we got back into the reading articles and looking at stuff to research for this, that this was a made-for-TV production. Like, I really did not remember that my mind was thinking really? I saw this in a theater like dead serious I did not remember I'm glad that you say that because I actually remember that as a kid I remember the wonderful world of Disney like Sunday night Disney every so many months will come up with the TV movie and apparently this was the introduction to to, to that. relaunching it yeah Michael and Eisner I, I didn't even know that originally you know what I mean Michael and Eisner again, been in the, was in the game for a minute <laughs> oh absolutely so I was talking about falling in love with love because when it came to the stepmother role nobody wanted to be the stepmother Ashley <laughs> all the white actresses were like nah I'm good I'm not about to brutalize the first black Cinderella and it made but even, sense but that made so much sense and they asked some big wigs okay they invited Bette Midler mm-hmm. like and they were like, nah, I'm good. They said I'm Michelle good. Pfeiffer was asked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it, though, because when I watched it this last time, I did cringe more at that dynamic. I'm not going to lie to you. Like even yeah. Brandy saying her daughter wasn't able to watch it as a kid till she got older because she couldn't stand to see her mm-hmm. mom mistreated. I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> yep. that would have been a lot. 
I have to say, I didn't notice it from the color aspect, but I always felt it as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, she is really evil. And like, who is this woman telling this girl that she's nothing? What? She was so, just a hater. That's that's more so was. the vibe I caught on this one because, you know, we have some other ones where the wicked stepmother was truly, truly treacherous. You know what I mean? Yes. And this yes. one, I just always got the vibe like you just a hater. Like you a washed up has been of a human being mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. hating on this young little tenderoni who you see doing her thing in this world. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie she was also hilarious Bernadette Peters played the mess out of this role and one of my favorite lines that she says she's like haven't I taught you girls nothing this isn't about love this is about marriage Tony Braxton <laughs> would agree with that sorry Tony but you said what you said <laughs> but they have the great Broadway legend Bernadette Peters sign on and there's no song for her so they again went through the archives of Rodgers and Hammerstein. And, and for those who may not know, uh, they have both done projects individually as well. But th- most of their stuff that we know, they know, you know, they've done together. They found in uh, Rodgers catalog from the musical, The Boys from Syracuse from 1938, this song called Falling in Love with Love. And they thought that was a perfect opportunity for the, you know, the great Bernadette Peters to showcase her voice and have a moment to shine. I love that montage, Ashley, um, when they're like getting ready during the song. <laughs> I, it, it always stuck with me. So the big, big song, Ashley. Cinderella reprised her song in my own little corner. She's really sad. She wants to go to the ball. Her fairy godmother shows up with this wonderful curly hair. I just love how fabulous, how like relevant it is more now than it was even back then with like coming through with the curly hair. Like, thank you. Thank you, Whitney. She looked amazing. I love the the gold dress. I love the whole look from head to toe. In one of the interviews I saw getting ready for this recap, Brandy mentioned that one of the things that she's excited most with a reintroduction of this particular film to the new generation is that they get to see Whitney in her splendor, right? Yes. They, yes. Can, they can see how spectacular and special that she, she was. Don't make it's me so cry. Hard to say that. Don't so make me cry that. because this is the Whitney that she will always be for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I agree. That makes sense. There's a lot of younger generations who never got to see Whitney at the height of her career and the height of her power and talents. And I also wonder now that I know um, that Whitney originally was going to be Cinderella, but this that this took a while to produce mm-hmm. what that a potential iteration would have ever looked like, you know what I mean? Cause I enjoy Whitney as an actress. I don't know if a lot of people mm. loved her, but you know, the bodyguard is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So if it's we could have, if I could have got even more, but I'm, gr- I'm greedy in that way. So I loved mm-hmm. her as a fairy godmother. <laughs> well, I love the self-awareness it took for her to go into the fairy godmother role as yes. opposed to the starring role, i.e. according to Deborah Martin Chase, she and Whitney remember how Diana Ross was great and was, <laughs> but the tinge too old <laughs> yeah. for the role. Exactly. Uh, it takes a level of self-awareness to do that. that and also, granted, from that article we read, Whitney was busy. Whitney had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. only had four days to shoot this. She said, I am booked and busy, so we got to get this together. Yeah. Yeah, I read that article along with, um, I'm going to highlight these two sources also, Behind the Magic, that's the name of the account on YouTube, as well as Miss Mojo. They have a lot of fun facts about this film. So, And the article yes. I was referencing was on Shondaland, an oral history of the film. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a lot of the same things, but there are certain things here and there that was kind of fun uh, to get. And that those two accounts also cover other films so reference (laughs) okay so one thing about this impossible song that i absolutely love is the fact that when he hit that high b yep i feel like i still get chills 
to this day when she hits that note sometimes like like because i've watched this movie i can't tell you how many times but if i'm like really into it and i'm seeing it and and sis goes impossible i was like yo she did that wrong laura she did that with no vocal warm-up they had to have her come back in and re-record because they weren't able to get that initially. She came in. She had just been doing vocal work, like talking. And they're like, hey, mm-hmm. we need this high D. She opened her mouth and that came out. That's why she's a goat. <laughs> the voice. The voice. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Y'all don't understand. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't. Y'all have no clue. Like. Mm-hmm. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Phenomenal. We finally make it to the ball, Ashley. One of the things that I love so much about this film is my Cinderella wears box braids, curly box braids. Like, I just can't get over that. I mean, tiara and all, gorgeous dress and all. It's it's the hair for me. It's the hair for me. Absolutely. Can I say something real quick, too, while we talk about her and the prince? Was Was this prince the original Prince Harry? Because... I got such Prince Harry vibes watching this this time. I'm like, this man is not interested in life and societal restrictions inflicted on him. He falling in love with a black woman. Bump what y'all think, even though obviously his daddy was also married to a black woman. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just like, you are Prince Harry uh, in this film. I didn't even realize. That is so funny, Ashley. But to be fair, this is a a trope that's as old as, time you know what I mean? <laughs> it is but i just you know I'm, I'm giving credit where credit is due that i appreciated the prince harry vibes that i was i was receiving yes and one of the things that i love about this uh moment is when brandy's at the top of that staircase and you see the prince staring up at her apollo the actor was like i legit lost my breath he was like there was no acting he was like <laughs> she was stunning <laughs> And I had to remind myself to breathe in that moment. And that made me smile so much. Yes. And Ashley, can we can we just take a moment to talk about my first Asian Bay, as far as I'm concerned? You know what I mean? <laughs> the Filipino haughty. <laughs> Were you surprised that he didn't do more things post this film? Um, I'm not, well, it just depends on what his interests were because he came from stage and from, Mm -hmm. um, musicals. So if his heart was in that, then I get why he probably stayed in that lane versus going to motion pictures or television. Cause I mean, it's just a different medium. You know what I mean? I honestly think that there's a different first film as well. So although Brandy had done television, this was her first film as as well as his. Yeah. I think there's just a different art to stage. Cause I know there's certain you know, screen actors, um, you know, I love Julie Roberts, but I don't, mm-hmm. I think that she didn't do as well when she tried to do some stage plays because it's just a different <laughs> medium. So, you know, I yeah. think if that's what he enjoys and that's what he loves to do, great. It sounds like he still had a great career. Um, I just don't watch enough Broadway and musicals and things mm-hmm. like that to know him the way I know, you know, our other secular artists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And was he your Prince Charming, Ashley? Sure. I mean, I'm trying to think if I even really get into the the princes of the fairy tale universe. You know, I was an Aladdin fan, so how does he stack up to, <laughs> to my animated Bay Aladdin? I mean, he was up there. I loved at the time, it was just so groundbreaking to me to see a non-white actor in a lead romantic mm-hmm. role. So I think as the it, prince of all people. So I think mm-hmm. it, it is a really big deal. And he's a hottie. I mean, I have no problem looking at a good looking man on my television. So, um, you know, I don't think I thought about it that way as a child, yeah. but for sure, as a grown yeah. woman, I appreciate you, Paolo. Well, as a kid, I, I really loved their chemistry. I thought, oh, yeah, I can get into this fantasy. You know what I mean? <laughs> they had some good chemistry. It looked they real. Have- amazing chemistry and honestly this is why this song is one of my favorites 10 minutes ago uh i first of all i can't even tell you all my favorites actually this whole musical is practically my favorite i can tell you the songs i don't like right (laughs) Like, (laughs) like i don't need falling in love with love and then the sweetest sound isn't on my top three obviously impossible is up there and 10 minutes ago and then the stepsisters lament 
when I tell you when Natalie's character was like, and without any trouble, I can pull out all her head. <laughs> she did that laugh. Oh my goodness. And I love the chemistry between the two evil stepsisters as well. And I watched uh, the interview with Entertainment Weekly and Varianne Calliope, uh, actress, she said that they auditioned together and their interaction was immediate. And mm-hmm. she talked about how that Natalie and her were sisters from other misters. <laughs> So I thought that was very beautiful. We have the ball. They waltz around. We talk about their chemistry. Ashley, the waltzing. Can we talk about these dancers and the costumes? Mm -hmm. This made such a major impact on a young Delora. Okay. (laughs) The way even I was very much aware of how the dancers were paired off with other people of different races in, in the article that you were referring to earlier, they hired African-American, Asian, Latin, white dancers for these roles and nobody was double paired up. Like everyone was with a different skin tone person. And it was just so, it was so beautiful and impactful. And the dancing was incredible. Yes, it was. <laughs> that's why that, that updated Todrick Hall video, that's why we've talked about this on a previous podcast. Like I think we talked about that Todrick video mm-hmm. that's on YouTube mm-hmm. It just reminded me of the nostalgia factor of it. Like the dance number was so beautiful and the movement and to your point, the costuming and all these pieces and elements just made it so whimsical and made it such a beautiful element to see in this fairy tale universe that we are being thrust into. But, you know, Cinderella only had 45 minutes at this ball. Okay, so she had to make the most of it. (laughs) (laughs) She sure did because she took all of the prince's time. He's saying that beautiful song, do I love you because you're beautiful? And it's like, or do I love you because you're wonderful? Now listen, (laughs) that's a legit gem because that's the truth. Do you see someone as being greater than they are because you're in love with them? Or is it that's Mm. that's who they really are? That's a gem, kids. That went over my head as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's deep. That's a deep song with some deep lyrics. Very true, very true. Cinderella had to go home because 12 o'clock came real quick (laughs) (laughs) of course her stepsisters and her evil stepmother lied about how much time they spent with the prince and again my favorite song a lovely night i actually used to sing that song to amara before it became available on streaming services (laughs) i would just sing it and and that was just part of my my singing rotation to a baby right And then when she became old enough to sing it, oh, the emotions. Anyway. um, (laughs) Why when the stepmom and sisters returned and were lying, I just saw the Candy Burris meme, the lies, the lies, the lies. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. Stepmother peeped really quick that Cinderella was at the ball. And of course, she out of being a hater to quote you Ashley (laughs) she proceeded to tell her that she was nothing and then the great search for the woman who wore glass shoes to a freaking ball commence um but one of the things that was revolutionary about this particular version of Cinderella compared to the traditional 1950 version the fairy godmother kept saying and I don't know if you noticed it in your more recent watch of this film stop dreaming do something mm-hmm. like there was a the constant theme of like people keep wishing and dreaming but there's no action and so even though the prince made it to her house even though the stepmother tried to cop block her essentially <laughs> we see that cinderella had made up in her mind that she was going to run away so in some in some ways she didn't wait for the prince to save her final thing about the music for the ending here for their great wedding scene the song that Whitney sang was not a part of the original musical either there's music in you came from 1953 film main street to broadway and it has excerpts from allegro which is a 1947 musical so ashley 
I'm going to talk a little bit more about the casting and production of this film because these two elements are what made this rendition pop for me. The producers were tirelessly diligent in this multicultural casting, so much so that they were very aware of having the first Black Cinderella. I was feeling some kind of way to know that even though they knew Whitney was supposed to be the original Cinderella, Whitney hand chose Brandy to mm-hmm. be this Disney exec wanted Joel to yeah. be Cinderella instead. Were you surprised to see something like that, Ashley? I said Jewel. I mean, the irrelevance is what caught me more than anything. Sorry, but you're talking She's about girl. Yes, but, but again, you're talking about she was never on the level of Brandy in terms of popularity or any of those things. And it's just un- unfortunate because we know that that still comes into play with Hollywood in terms of uh, this is, do we need to have everybody in the cast black? Can't we just have a white lead still and have some black mm-hmm. people as the background and as the supporting cast yep. of characters? You know, because it's oh, we can't have both Cinderella and the fairy godmother be black women. Hell, no, 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 principal roles. What what's that all about? But you see, they did name that man. They were very nice that they did they not name that nice. man. <laughs> kind of like Harry and Meghan. I'm just joking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> The other thing about the casting was they originally wanted Julie Andrews to portray the queen, but that was shortly after he suffered vocal trauma from yeah. surgery. That was really sad. I like the the thought process of wanting to have her on there because she originated the role of Cinderella, exactly. right? Yeah, so but you see, she her. still got her moment in Princess Diaries inclusion. She sure did. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing that I thought was interesting. I'm like, I wonder if Whitney was obsessed with uh, Julie Andrews. You know, you have your, your icons mm-hmm. and Whitney knew the caliber of, you know, being in charge of a Roger Hammerstein's musical too. She was like, oh, she's like, you don't play with R and H. Like, like <laughs> I'm like, I love the singer lingo and you know what I mean, jargon of it all. Whoopi Goldberg was uh someone that they had in their back pocket, Ashley. Uh they originally asked her to be the evil stepmother, and she didn't have time for it because she was <laughs> she was red hot with Goldberg. Okay, this is before she was a little iced out in Hollywood, you know. But she's the one that brought Victor Gerber to the scene because he had been an actor on stage. And this was one of his first films as not the very first, but, you know, it was a big transition for him. Just this and, you know, little known uh, film called Titanic. Yes. (laughs) The, the the film that he kept referring to as, oh, I just did a film where I was just in a water tank all day. Right. <laughs> the blockbuster film known as the Titanic. Okay. The other thing that I also enjoyed in my research, uh, Whoopi, in the cast interview with Entertainment Weekly, she said that we were Hamilton before Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Talk your talk, Whoopi. Yeah. If, if that's not true, I don't know what is. Yeah. And um, in that same interview, Apollo mentioned he was like, "If you wonder how an African American woman and a white husband makes a Filipino child, he's like love plus love plus love." <laughs> Y'all ain't got to worry about all that. It makes sense. I love every story I heard about Whitney, not Whitney, uh, Whoopi from the set, from her Harry Winston jewelry that she was able to get and wear every time she was on set to the demeanor she had around everybody, even when kids were brought on set and she would, she was a smoker, but she'd stop smoking if kids came on. She said, Mm -hmm. I wanted to create an atmosphere of magic because I wanted the kids who came on their experience to fairy tale. I wanted them to have a good experience. So everybody spoke so highly of her and yeah. I think that just says so much about you when it's not just oh okay. people don't, don't just speak highly of your work they speak highly of you as a person and that's always been the case with Whoopi because the people on the view love with mm-hmm. Whoopi you mm-hmm. know I was just also going to say that one thing I noticed this last time I watched it too was how outspoken she was as the queen because in other iterations mm-hmm. the queen is not the outspoken one it's the king it's the dad who's pushing yeah. him and talking to him but in this case she was the one and I was like hold on does she have 
have the crown? Was she queen and Victor Garber was just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, like, you know, Prince Philip in the background? Because <laughs> even during that Jason Alexander as Lionel announced, remember where he announced her name, his royal yeah. highness, Christopher mm-hmm. Rupert, son of her majesty. Like they yeah. announced Whoopi. So I just mm-hmm. felt like that was notable in this iteration as well, in terms of being a little more feminist leaning. So mm-hmm. let's also remember she was the bigger star too. So you had and to give her there something. you go. <laughs> and you have a black, some black women executive producing. So exactly. You're gonna give her some time to shine. And I've heard people say that her performance was so great because she was so vibrant but she didn't take away or she didn't steal the show in a in a negative kind of way you know and i agree wholeheartedly and uh to harry winston point they said that they had over 200 million dollars worth of jewelry to choose from and this is solely based off her friendship with harry winston's child (laughs) it's good to have friends good to have Mind you, they had guards on set <laughs> she said i returned all the things yeah you're but, not moving you can sit down with this one but by the time you get up it's coming off your neck so <laughs> so we talked about how apollo was such a great prince but he was the last person to audition i know Ashley, crazy the very last we could have had yeah we could have had mark anthony yeah or wayne brady because they had all auditioned for this role do you think the dynamic of this movie would have changed if any one of them would have been the prince absolutely because again chemistry 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 would any of them have had the same chemistry mm-hmm. with brandy and would this mm-hmm. have been made if wayne brady had been cast because now you're talking about three black leads oh, oh, oh. don't know baby <laughs> don't know this man been sitting on somebody's show oh that makes me sad it thinks it makes me think about that documentary the, yeah, so that's uh, why soul. i said it yeah that's yep. why i said it yeah and i was also thrilled to hear that they shared some of the sets where the wizard of oz was filmed yes 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 and this movie had a 12 million dollar budget one of the highest budgets for a tv movie honestly still today and i in my opinion it has been worth every penny ashley let's talk about overall reception of this film six million viewers for this film and disney had never put a tv movie on vhs at that point so this came out november 1997 by the late winter of 1998 they were able to sell 1 million VHSs. My sister and I wore that VHS tape out. When I tell you, we rewind songs <laughs> over and over and over again. I almost feel sorry for my parents, but then I don't. You know what I mean? You had to learn the words. Yeah. It's not like we had lyric books. But it was upsetting. It was upsetting. Another part of that, though, is that Disney had to threaten the video stores to promote it. You know, another example of there being discrimination in terms of wanting to give that movie a shine. Yeah, but actually, this film actually didn't get much love from the critics. They were not impressed. It actually took. What do the critics know? (laughs) What do they know? What do they know? Exactly. Speaking of uh, not releasing things, Brandy's record label and Whitney's record label have never came to a conclusion on the freaking soundtrack. That is heartbreaking. I had to learn this the hard way, actually. Because when it became available earlier this year on streaming service, Disney Plus, I was like, okay, let me download the soundtrack. Well, the only Rodgers and Hammerstein's versions of the musical are from cast albums from several years ago. And it was the first time that I noticed that some of the lyrics were different from the Brandy version compared to the original version, because in our your beloved song, In My Own Little Corner, they talked about being a slave. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yes. Oh. In the stepsister uh, lament, 
They talked about her skin being white and pink and all that. Uh, yeah, I did hear about that little switcheroo, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much with the slave reference. But it is unfortunate. No. Like, I, I read that Brandy's going to try to get it still made to this day. But, man, t- name me another great Whitney Houston movie without a bomb soundtrack. I mean, that's just upsetting. It would make everybody so much money if they released it. It makes no sense. And the and the only reason that I saw was that Brandy's record label feared that, based off of the popularity of the musical, it would hinder her ability to be a recording urban. artist. Well, they wanted her yeah. to be urban, and they felt like this was too pop. And that's nonsense, right? Stupid. Whoever made those decisions were not very wise people. So cultural impact and legacy, Ashley. We can see the cultural impact because we have Hallie being Little Mermaid and Yara Shahidi being Tinkerbell. Mind you, it's been over 20 years, but I really (laughs) do feel like Brandy being the first Cinderella played a major role in that. What what did you think? Well, even since, I mean, Camila Cabello is a uh, Hispanic Latin artist who just got to release a Cinderella. So yes, I mean, it continues to make a difference in the casting that has happened for that particular film. And to your point for, I'm sure Disney as a whole and for film as a whole, because once these, you know, big companies, the Disney's, the whoever's see that something is able to be successful, then they will duplicate that formula. But only until there's that barrier that's broken. So absolutely, they broke a barrier and ushered in an opportunity for all the other women and people of color to have more opportunities, period. Period. Speaking of first Black Cinderella, Kiki Palmer in September 2014 became the first Black actor to play Cinderella on the Great White Way, mm-hmm. Ashley, Broadway. Yeah. So how does this Cinderella compare to other iterations? As I mentioned, I talked about the animated version of 1950, our favorite that we kind of talked about offline, Ever After, yep. starring the wonderful Drew Barrymore. Ashley, there's also uh, Into the Woods. There's a Cinderella. Anna Kendrick plays the iconic role. That was back in 2014. Uh, a Cinderella Story starring Hilary Duff. That's that a fave. That's a fave, actually. I love that and one. Selena Gomez in the 2008 version. And then the live action version of the original 1950 version came out in 2015, which was hella boring. <laughs> and then Camila Cabello. So, did you watch the Camila Cabello? What were your thoughts on that iteration? Did you enjoy it? It was cool. Did you I mean, hate it? No, it was cool. You, I feel like you want me to hate it. <laughs> it was cool. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed Billy Porter and his uh, magnificent entrance and gown and everything as the uh, fairy god person i don't know if we're supposed to call him mother um he was like fairy god mother (laughs) yeah there you go i loved the update to some of the things like again i felt like we got a little bit more of a feminist take on it with brandy's version but in this you know Mm -hmm. she's a stylist who has bigger dreams she's not really seeking marriage there's a lot more that went into the storyline of it that i enjoyed um but does it trump this version or some of the other versions i love no but it was cute i watched it what'd you think So I kind of started hate watching it and I still didn't enjoy it as much. I was, I was going to give it a chance because it had all my faves. You had Pierce Brosnan, you have um, Minnie Driver, Billy Porter. They are aging like fine freaking wine, by the way. Both of them, both of them. But you don't understand. Pierce Brosnan is one of my favorite Bonds, period. Like, yeah, he, he probably is my favorite because, yeah, Sean Connery, do respect my OG, but Pierce Brosnan was my 007. I actually quite enjoy Craig. No, uh, Daniel Craig. David. Daniel no. Craig. I want to call it Daniel Craig David. You remember the UK artist? Yes, that musician. Black dude. Do, do, do. Okay, anyway, I actually love the ruggedness that um, Daniel Craig brings to Bond, I hated it. I was me. like, this is not Bond. This is I love like, it. This is like, it. you know, just a different hero. This is not James Bond. Yeah. James Bond is smooth. Okay, yeah. James Bond is in a suit, ladies man. He ain't this little blonde hair, rugged, look like he could put put his face through a wall. 
No, that's it. not James Bond. It. Whatever, it's not James Bond. But I'm, that's my I'm James Corden is in the movie. You know, I'm not a big fan of Camila Cabello because I don't feel like she's actually addressed her racist comments uh, in the past very well. So you know, I feel some kind of way about that. Yeah, but basically, I was give. Oh, and the great Adina Menzel. So I was gonna give it a chance. You know. Oh yeah, that was another element I liked that the, the evil stepmother was relatable and she you saw the changes in her character Mm -hmm. yeah i hated their version of janet jackson's rhythm nation that was awful it was so soulless it was a little soulless girl but and then even camila's singing of the title song a million to one i was like it just wasn't that great but i did enjoy the ending number let's get loud that was fun the but, prince also was boring to me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's basic. The, the other thing about the movie was I understand that they were trying to have a lot of humor and just play up like, oh, I don't want what most girls want, you know, but it was a little too much. It was it was laid on very thick for me <laughs> and I didn't enjoy it that much. So I watched it because I was like, I hope to not enjoy this more than my brandy version because you know again the lead is not my fave but i was relieved because i'm like yeah this wasn't it (laughs) 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 but i say all that to say i had amara watch it with me because that's another thing the first time i saw it i had to pick it up and put it down about four times i could not watch it straight through the first time and so the second time i watched it i was trying to watch it all the way through so i can have a strong opinion and I had Amara watch it with me and she was like, is that Cinderella? And I'm like, no, no, this is not, <laughs> this is not Cinderella. <laughs> no, baby girl, don't get it twisted. That's hilarious. That's Cinderella, babe. That's hilarious. Uh, but speaking of the lasting impact of this version of Cinderella, the 1997 version, Billy Porter said in interviews gearing up for this particular movie that he was inspired by Whitney Houston and all he wanted to do was be a fairy godmother. And the fact that he got a chance to play one was a dream come true. I so, love that. Ashley, I have two final questions and then we'll be done with this recap. Out of the versions that we've spoken about, can you rank your favorite dress? Oh, so for me, it's hard between the Brandy version and Ever After because they're so different. Mm-hmm. So You're talking sixteen hundred friends, yeah, <laughs> and one is a literal drama that is Cinderella, but it is yeah. so much more layered and deep and all of that. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm gonna be a hundred percent, I would say that for me, Ever After is probably number one, mm-hmm. and then this version is number two. And then mm-hmm. all the other iterations, I just don't really care that much about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you guys. Like, the Hillary Duff is probably number three, just because I used to watch that a lot. And I really thought that mm-hmm. was really cute. Um, Regina King is in that one, which I'm like, that's when she was Yeah, she, in she worked in the, in the restaurant, her dad's mm-hmm. diner. Yeah, so, yeah, that's probably number three. And then, I don't know, maybe... Uh, the original Cinderella cartoon is number four and then so on and so forth. Because all the other ones are just like hit and miss. I don't care if I ever saw those again. What about for you? (laughs) My number one is Brandy. And it was very hard because Drew's was a close second um, because those wings. He was like, I'm going to make you fly. And then that moment when she's like, and it was just, I mean, it was a, it was a film. That's the thing. It's like, I love Brady and Whitney Houston and, and it's a musical and I love that. But the, the Ever After is a film and the sweet revenge oh that happened to the mom and the stepsisters at the end, you know, it was just, uh, it was so satisfying. So Ooh, we yeah. should put that in our uh, TVT uh, list of potential recaps in the future. So because. I I'm never sick of that movie. Never no. ever. That's never, on ever. Disney Plus as well, guys. In case you want to watch is. it. Okay, so Brandy Drews, and then my number three comes from the boring version from the 2015 <laughs> Cinderella. I'm not gonna lie that the waistline was a little bit too small to the point where I'm like, this isn't healthy. But the movement was epic. Um, I guess the uh, 
costume designer said that she wanted the dress to look like watercolor Mm -hmm. and that that movement and the color of that dress was just gorgeous so that those are my top three all right ashley do you have any final thoughts for this film i just have a final thought going back to my original statement about put some respect on brandy's name so this is for van lathan directly okay yes because this was brought up on an episode of Higher Learning. And anyone else, honestly, who has somehow forgotten, Brandy is not, nor will she ever be referenced as Ray J's sister, okay? Brandy is an icon. (laughs) You better put some respect on my girl's name. Just because y'all may feel like Brandy hasn't done a whole bunch career-wise in the past however many You have to recognize the amazing accomplishments within her career. That's something you can never take away from her. Her legacy is solidified. So, Delora, that is my final thought. Put some respect on my girl Brandy's name. And don't y'all ever forget who the first Black Cinderella was. Okay? Period. 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 Thank you, Ashley, for that. Because... I remember listening to him talk about her being Ray J's sister. And I'm just like, what? He had lost his mind that day. He had lost his mind. He be trying it though. Yeah. He be trying it. Yep. All right. So for my final thoughts of this film, I realized why I love this film so much as a kid watching this at home. I remember watching it the first time. And of course, all the multiple times I watched it once we got our hands on that VHS. Everything about this this film was so magical for me and, and my sister. I know that for sure. Uh, the sets were gorgeous. I, I mean, the costumes were phenomenal. And they lived in a world where it didn't matter what color you were, right? Mm-hmm. And I, this was honestly the first time that I learned about escapism. And I say that because part of the reasons why I think my sister and I watched it so much. We dealt with some family tragedy around the time. My aunt and my granny died very close together. And I remember just watching that movie every day after school (laughs) during that time, because it was a rough time. And we love pop culture so much. I mean, we have this podcast and I have to honestly say it took me being around 11 years old to understand the power that escapism has when it comes to watching something that's so meaningful also to a little black girl. Like I had known Cinderella to have box braids. Cinderella was blonde with blue eyes, you know, and Mm -hmm. God bless all the blonde, blue eyed people of the world, but we matter too. We matter too. Thank you, Ashley. I I wanted that to be my final thoughts and uh, I'm so glad we got a chance to do this recap, Ashley. Me too. So if there's nothing else, oh, I do want to highlight Brandy has a princess song out right now with Disney. It's called Starting Now. And she is so phenomenal in it. It's for the Disney Channel. It's propping up all their Disney princesses. Some of the lyrics had me in my feelings. Uh, She says, tell the moon that you're on the way. Tell the stars you'll be right there. And basically the song is an empowering song to keep dreaming big, to keep up the wonder and to always shoot for the moon. So love you, girl. Love you, Brandy. (laughs) Check it out. It's on YouTube. All right. If there's nothing else, Ashley, ready for some hidden gems? I am. I am. I have two this week. My first one is a movie that I have had in my back pocket for a little bit and I finally watched it. It is called Loose. It is on Hulu. I came away very conflicted on this movie, which is exactly why I'm recommending it. There was a lot to consider. It's a 2019 film starring some heavyweights, Octavia Spencer, Naomi Watts, um, Kelvin Harris Jr., who we loved in the high note. Uh, It's a story about a Black teen adopted by white American parents who begin to reconsider who he is after he writes a disturbing essay for school. It is so intriguing, guys. Give that a watch. It is called Loose on Hulu. My second, more lighthearted, I watched this over the holiday weekend with my family called Beat Shazam. This is on Fox. 
got into it, very much enjoyed it. It's hosted by Jamie Foxx and his daughter, Corinne. Teams of two compete for a potential million dollars to identify the biggest hit songs. It is not my best game as a player because I'm not the best with song titles, but I had some unexpected wins in there. So it's yet another reality competition show that I'm adding to my list. So I suggest you guys check it out as well. That is Beat Shazam on Fox. And those are my two hidden gems, Delora. Thank you, Ashley. All right. So I have two hidden gems this week as well. The first is an album. I've been listening to a lot of new music lately, you know. This one is a Christian album by Travis Green. It's his latest called Oil Plus Water or Oil and Water. Uh, He has some bops on here. There are some songs that seem a little bit experimental in terms of like where the beat's going. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, where, where are we bopping? Okay, but it's beautifully made. One of my favorite songs on this album is called Somehow featuring Kiara Shared. Sis inherited that voice from her mama and her aunties. Okay, <laughs> there's this part where she just had me, you know how that mean when you take your earbuds out and they're smoking, right? I was like, sis, <laughs> that run. <laughs> oh, flames, flames. Um, but honestly, it's uh, a total of 10 tracks, and I really thoroughly enjoy all of them, really. Oil and Water featuring Anthony Hamilton, wonderful. I mean, honestly, box, box, box. So if you love Christian music, it's an album for you to try. And my second hand gem this week is a brand new movie available on Netflix called Afterlife of the Party. It is starring... Victoria Justice. The quick synopsis of this film Casey lives to party until she dies in a freak accident. Now, this social butterfly needs to right her wrongs on earth if she wants to earn her wings. Uh, very light. It's actually rated PG. <laughs> so I'm going to have to um, rewatch it. I watched it very distractedly. So I need to yeah. rewatch this movie. It was it was a nice light watch. It's an hour and 49 minutes. It's just it's something to, something to watch. So highly recommend if you want easy, easy watch, nothing, nothing to think too hard about. Cotton candy film. Yes. All right. If there's nothing else, that's it for us today, Ashley. Yay, Thank yay. Thank you so much for your time. I love you, sis. I'm really love excited for all the all the time we put in this recap so thank you <laughs> <laughs> guys again we're about to come up on our big 5-0 episode so hang in there with us we're so excited we'll see you next time bye